Before we get into the episode, we'd just like to mention that due to the current global pandemic, we are conducting some of our discussions with guests on online mediums and therefore there might be some inconsistencies in audio quality in the conversations. Thank you so much for your understanding. Please note that the topics, issues and areas discussed in this podcast may cause distress to some listeners, as well as the possible use of bad language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to Addressing the Elephant, the Mental Health Podcast. My name is Rachel and thank you for joining us in normalising and creating a space to have conversations about mental health. So this episode is following on, uh, or is part two, rather, um, of a two-part episode with Lorraine O'Connell from Sexual Health West. If you are just clicking into this episode, if you click back one, you can listen to the first part of this conversation. It was just a little too long, so I had to cut it into two different podcasts. But yeah, here we go with the second part. Enjoy. I find um, that typically when you talk about mental health to people, a lot of people kind of think about Uh, anxiety depression suicidal ideation and that's kind of it Mm -hmm. and I'm like there's so many things that impact on people's mental health and there's so many Mm -hmm. reasons people would seek support for their mental health and one topic I kind of throw out and bring up with people is the topic of pregnancy related or infertility or Mm -hmm. like now the the perimenopause the menopause I'm like these are all real and valid things that are going to and do affect people and there is I know you said your friend had gone to a psychotherapist but then she figured Mm -hmm. out that it was the perimenopause but some people might actually when they find out it's the menopause or perimenopause would then also go and seek support for the mental health because like this is what's happening I like you said Mm -hmm. I'm grieving now the fact that I can no longer have um, Mm -hmm. children if that is something I wanted to do or even if it's something you didn't want to do maybe now that the fact that the possibility isn't there for you to biologically have a child Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm going to throw in that asterisk because you know you can still adopt children you can still foster all that sort of stuff but also it's a it's a massive um, part of it and I try and bring the attention to people that are like everyone has mental health and there are Mm -hmm. so many things that we can talk about or that impact on our mental health so why are we limiting it to like oh yeah that's just depression or anxiety I'm like I'm not dismissing those but I'm like this is a valid reason or area or commonality that a lot of people experience too with their mental health. That is so true and you know I think I listened to I think you were given a definition of mental health by the World Health Organization I I was I listened to uh, I was in the office and I was going I'm going to listen to something Rachel did now and I was going oh my goodness because I was thinking of the definition that they give for your sexual health as well and it's this like ideal you're going oh my goodness imagine if everybody could tick off all those boxes mm-hmm. you know and they talk about it being obviously linked to your mental health to your sexual your sexual health and your mental health and it's not the just the absence of infirmity or a disease and we should all be having this amazing, wonderful, pleasurable sex without coercion and discrimination. And of course, this is what we want for all our young mm-hmm. people, for all our older people. But for lots of people, that is not what's actually happening, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And it is a great kind of, you know, definition that's there that, you know, we want to aspire to. But it doesn't happen. And obviously people have situations where they have sexual experiences that may not be great. And I'm not even going to go down Mm-hmm. That would be a whole other conversation, a whole other conversation. Um, a whole other conversation. But just the whole pleasure aspect, I suppose, around sex as well. And when I was I was looking at just older women and sex and again, through the perimenopause and the menopause. And like for some people, they have and research has shown that they've gone, oh, my God, have just had this sexual revolution and gone. This is fantastic. I'm not going to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to worry about that. 
Um, and just feel completely liberated now because Absolutely. I'm a sexual health educator and promoter. I do have to say whether you're in your teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s or in your 80s, you need to use condoms if you're having sex and a penis is involved. Um, just because obviously, you know, you can still get a sexually transmitted mm-hmm. infection. And regardless of you being a sexual health educator, you should still mm-hmm. practice safe sex, people. And be, exactly. be conscious of your health. <laughs> But this is it. And, you know, there was um, if you look at the figures for STIs, there was one situation where I was looking at it. And yeah, there were rises in people who were in their 60s, 70s um, and even older. And it was where they were just thinking, ah, sure. Now, if it was within a heterosexual relationship, sure, I'm not going to get pregnant or she's not going to get pregnant. So we won't use a condom. But um, but yeah, so women then as they were getting older, having these wonderful sexual experiences, Mm-hmm. But often what can actually happen as well, though, because again, all down to our hormones, Rachel, um, there can be all this vaginal dryness going on. And mm-hmm. often that can cause painful sex for people. So, you know, we are always saying, even within our school programs and stuff, if people either are even having sex for the first time, and obviously this is within a lovely, fabulous, consensual relationship with somebody, um, lubricant is the way to go, Rachel, lubricant. Mm-hmm. And there is amazing stuff out there. And I was looking up actually... Uh, Sex shop as well. So this is an Irish uh, sex shop online, sex oh. boutique. Um, apparently, I mean, support the, local in these times. So. Exactly. But apparently the rise in sex toys for women and vibrators has shot up over the last number of oh, months as well. Down. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, women who were older and I was reading this research, Rachel, it would just make your heart sore. Like I was it was these women in their 70s and 80s. And they, some of them, they were widows, like they hadn't had partners for years. And we're talking about having orgasms at that age and using vibrators and sex toys and Mm -hmm. going, you know, sometimes some of them never had had an orgasm when they were with their partner and suddenly discover themselves. Your libido can completely drop for a while. Then suddenly you could be like, yes, this is going to be great. Um, But just to realize it could be, again, just because of dryness lubricant, again, just discovering maybe yourself could be a situation you may not have a partner whether you do or not you may not actually want feel like having sex with them so again just the whole thing around masturbation and discovering your own body whether you're younger or older you know for most people can be a brilliant fabulous wonderful experience um Mm -hmm. so it's good just to talk about it and put it out there as well and it's interesting because I suppose getting back to just as women as well you know for years masturbation wasn't spoken about in schools to young girls like at all and it would be mentioned to guys I think in a way of like well this can happen and but again, very kind of functional and not going, this can be a lovely, fabulous experience that you have with yourself, the safest mm-hmm. sex you're ever going to have. Mm-hmm. And or there's the, there's the notion of, um, I'm, I'm trying to choose my words correctly, but I suppose sometimes people, when they associate that people uh, like masturbation, it's just like, there's an element of like filth about it. And I'm like, it, it shouldn't, yeah. it shouldn't necessarily be filth. I just know that like, especially when I was growing up, it was like, oh Jesus, the dart of them, like, um, oh gosh yeah but yeah. you know like you said it is a, it's kind of a safe sexual experience for people to go through exactly and again you know you're not going to get pregnant you're not going to get an STI so all the you know there's huge health benefits but again yeah I think you know a lot of and you know we're definitely we have changed so much in the society but definitely you know you will still no matter when you talk to people or any research that's done kind of historically about Ireland and sex and relationships and like shame comes into it so much and mm-hmm. you know even 
when we spoke about um, or when I was talking about masturbation there, you know, there were all these things of like, you know, what was it? You go blind if you masturbated too mm-hmm. much or all these things about, yeah, women shouldn't touch their own bodies. And, and again, I think it even goes back to how we're spoken to as a child. Like mm-hmm. if you're just sitting there and you could just be going, oh, my goodness, I've got little bits there I want to touch. And the first thing I think that's said to us is like, don't do that or don't touch mm-hmm. yourself there or and it's not actually explained. Listen, it is perfectly OK for you to touch your body in any way you want. But you need to do that in a private space and mm-hmm. obviously make sure you're not hurting yourself. And, you know, maybe not do it at the dinner table when granny is sitting beside you because she mm-hmm. might be too happy, um, you know, but just to, to actually explain to our little people that this is OK and this is completely natural and and can be a lovely experience and to them it's nothing sexual mm-hmm. they're just kind of going there are my bits and I want to know what they are or mm-hmm. they are touching it and going oh that kind of feels nice but mm-hmm. then again just you know for it to be explained to them and they not grow up going I shouldn't touch myself yeah and when you throw out that thought process I don't know how often like I would imagine that is something you do talk about uh, within the schools and stuff what is the sort of reaction that you get back from maybe students or adults in the in the thought process of being like, yeah, let let young people explore and figure out their bodies? Is there I, I would imagine based on the stigma and shame that is put up around mm. sex and stuff like that, um, that people are like, oh, Jesus, no, I can't be doing that now shush 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 what's she talking about mute her there now and all that sort of yeah. stuff especially now because we're online all the time, saying, mute oh the, just, the, the connection is gone drop her off what is the sort of a uh, response that you typically seem to get and I'm not saying so, every response is the same but no if you're talking to and again I suppose it depends on the school as in the group as in often you know you want to be really aware of the young people so if you're in a mixed school so you're in a co-ed school and you've got your kids who are identifying as male and identifying as female and they're sitting there and you know the lads are kind of yeah we masturbate yeah this is great yeah, and then yeah. you know the girls are kind of going oh my god I can't believe she's talking about that oh Jesus but then sometimes if you've got an all female group you can just see the relief or mm-hmm. else they're like oh my goodness so it's definitely giving them you know, again, this is a choice, but this can be a really good way to actually explore your own body and know what you want and what you don't want, what you like and what you don't like. And mm-hmm. because they've no idea when they're, you know, at the age of, let's say, even in third year or say, even if it's, um, you know, we would talk about it with our sixth class kids, which would be 12 and, and 13. Kids generally are young people would be like, OK, I'm really relieved that she's actually talking about it to know that this is OK. And we kind of give them just we would say, listen, there's importance kind of not real but just make sure you're doing it in a private space make sure Mm -hmm. that you're not hurting yourself and then make sure that it's not interfering in your relationships or interfering that you can't you know that you're masturbating so much you can't get up for school in the morning when we talk to parents so it can just uh again parents i think are just they're generally very happy that we would speak about it i suppose in a way we could argue that we've slightly gone a little bit off topic but it's all relevant in full circle. Like, again, uh, this is what I'm saying is there is so many things interact mm. or impact on people for different reasons. And I'm like, so for me yeah. to say, no, sorry, actually, I d- th- this isn't relevant for me. So I don't think we should talk about this at all now. No, uh, I think it's very valid to have these conversations and to to speak mm-hmm. about all the the different aspects and how it can impact on not only are we talking about like people's sexual health, but like like you said, sexual health, physical health, mental health, it's all interlinked. And mm-hmm. I suppose even the the topic of shame. So I um another episode in the series is uh talking about shame. Mm-hmm. And 
if we're inducing kind of a, putting a shame on people talking about sex or going through the menopause or whatever like that yeah it, it's definitely going to impact on people's mental mental health as well yeah no of course it is and I suppose one of the things um that we would generally talk about as well and often when I'm doing different workshops Rachel or just even just thinking about it and if we all thought about I suppose again how and I mentioned this already but just how we learn about relationships and sexuality mm-hmm. and just the messages we receive I suppose that's the important thing the messages you receive from a really young age about sex about relationships about sexuality sexual orientation gender identity the whole lot can really have a serious impact and where mm-hmm. you get those messages from so you could have a home that's really open and lovely. And I think that's, you know, a piece of research that was done recently was saying that if parents talk to their young people about all of this stuff around relationships and sexuality when they're young, Mm -hmm. that they will grow up being these really, I suppose, I'm not saying well-adjusted, that's like (laughs) a, but they will be able to talk about it and they Mm -hmm. will talk to their parents when they're older and they will get reliable information. Mm -hmm. If it's not discussed in your home, or shoved under the carpet oh completely you are now you know you were gonna it it can have a really negative impact and and even in school like I know to be honest it was one of the reasons that I really wanted to do this job because you said yeah you've got a video put on we got a video put on oh a woman was having a baby and it was really traumatic and myself oh yeah we saw a baby crowning and everything oh um but we ended up being left going oh my goodness there was nothing about contraception we weren't told how not to get pregnant and we certainly weren't told taught anything about sexually transmitted infections we did not know what an sti was until we went to college and got one and then we're like oh my goodness there's something there i need to get it checked out Mm -hmm. and suddenly we were like that is definitely an sti you know we we were going like because we suddenly were in college there was parties it was like in fairness it was really good fun but we had no idea like we could not even avail I'm going way back before you know Rachel but we had a friend who came over from London who gave us free condoms because mm-hmm. we couldn't buy them so it has changed hugely which is brilliant do you know because mm-hmm. we don't want to constantly harp back to and do you remember when nobody got told about sex or do you remember we got a huge there was no information there is loads of information now mm-hmm. but I think it's getting the correct information Mm -hmm. to our young people because they can obviously look at so much stuff online and get misinformation but the main thing is if they get it at home and reliable good information at home and they get it in school and they've got good sex education then regardless of what they're watching online it shouldn't have a hugely negative impact now obviously there are so many different variations there as well Mm -hmm. you know depends on the person depends on what they're watching it depends on you know, if it depends on so much. So it's not mm-hmm. that I'm dismissing young people and pornography in any way whatsoever, but it can it can have a hugely negative impact. And for some people, it may not. So mm-hmm. that's another that's another podcast. That's a whole you, other right? a whole other discussion to have. Mm-hmm. Um, just t- uh, tying into um, your reference college there or university. Mm-hmm. And I remember I went to college in 2010 is when I first went, and shag week is something in college so for those of you who may not know what shag week is uh, it's sexual health and guidance week that is um, mm. something that's done within colleges and universities in Ireland and I remember I have two points to make about um, sexual health awareness in colleges mm-hmm. one is I remember the, the one thing the one way you would know it's shag week is there would be lube and condoms on the tables they would just yeah. kind of scatter them around I was like yeah and there was maybe some sort of activities if, if you kind of gravitated towards it. And then even in the students union, like they do give out free condoms and stuff like that. But the, the, the then I query, I'm like, OK, 
you're giving out free condoms, but this is only focused on sex involving a penis. Yeah. Like yeah, you also yeah. need to have uh, like, okay, the loop could be used um, by all people. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. that's okay. <laughs> so my question then <laughs> summarizing mm-hmm. all that <laughs> is um, I know you said you support like primary schools and secondary schools. Do you do any work with colleges? yes now it's interesting because often what happens with colleges and that's it maybe for the shag week sometimes Rachel are out in the GMIT either in the new IG or GMIT um they would ask us to come and do a stand so what we do is again we would have condoms we'd have lubricant we are desperately trying to get dental dams and the interesting thing about dental dams was when we spoke to my manager about it and I was going we're getting free condoms from the HSE so they've had this campaign going for the last I don't know how long so they provide us with free condoms they mm-hmm. provided to whoever needs them and when we asked for dental dams, because they're quite expensive, like they're quite expensive to buy. They're quite expensive to actually find. They're not in boots. And when we went back to the HSE going, listen, can you provide some free dental dams as well? They were going, well, there isn't really a need. There doesn't seem to be a need. And we were going, maybe the reason there isn't a need is because you're not supplying them. And some people may not know what they are and how to use them in some situations. So mm-hmm. what we always propose... Um, Rachel, is that if somebody needs a dental dam just to make your own with the condoms, so cut the top, cut the bottom, and you've got your sheet of latex there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, like that would be something that wasn't widely spoken about either. Mm-hmm. Like we would talk about it within our sessions, but just to know that if somebody was having oral sex and there's a vulva involved, that you can use the dental dam or around the anal area as well. Do you know if there was anything around rimming or anything like that, that people can use it there as well. But people kind of shy away from it. Do you know, okay. they're kind of going, no, we don't want to talk about putting dental dams over a vulva or... But again, I suppose like for when I spoke to some women I knew myself within relationships who were friends of mine and I was going, listen, I need to talk about dental dance. What's your stance on this? Now, again, they're in relationships, Rachel. They're in relationships for a very long time and mm-hmm. they were going to learn, listen, we wouldn't use them, but you need to talk to it. You need to talk. They, they, their thing was you need to talk to the young ones, though. Mm-hmm. And I was going, OK, so but it's just to know that they're there. That, but the problem is they're not there. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not widely provided. You don't see them in Shag Week. You know, it is just about... And you don't even penises. see reference to them. No. Even if there was a poster going, these are around, mm-hmm. you can get... Or, or, make or like own. you said, a DIY dental dam. Like, yeah, so yeah. I would have known that. I, I don't know whether it was... Maybe I was... Because uh, I would have known you before this podcast. We would have yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, overlapped on a few workshops before. <laughs> so unless it was that you had explained that in one of the workshops yeah, or someone yeah. else had explained something. I was like, mm. but I did know... Uh, the DIY dental dam shall we say yeah. but I was like I'm not yeah. going to say that now because <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's not acknowledged at the moment because I was like that was a couple of years ago now that I found yeah, out no it's, we have to say it all the time because they're expensive they're really hard to get you'd have to order them online you're not going to get them in boots we don't have them we got a package years ago that we had and they were flavored as well and we had them interesting we would have had them at a few workshops as in not workshops stalls in colleges and people didn't take them but we kind of mentioned them as people came up but they didn't as much but in relation to the colleges though as well it's interesting Rachel there is a huge gap in knowledge there Mm -hmm. but if people haven't had if they haven't had good information in secondary school suddenly they don't go looking for anything in college unless suddenly they do have an STI or there is an Mm -hmm. issue or and and people are reluctant to go to sexual health workshops in colleges Mm-hmm. You know, it's either I know the consent, the smart consent has been fabulous and it's been run and people are going to it. But that's basically just on consent. You know, mm-hmm. I know it's, there's more to it than that. But, 
you know, for in general information, like I did something on HIV in, in UIG years ago. Um, so it was around World AIDS Day. Which, and I was going, listen, this is going to be, they're going to have so much information on this. And it was whatever society, I can't remember asking me to do it. But there was a huge lack of information, like hugely. Like people had no idea how it was transmitted. They had no idea. Um, I suppose at the time, just the serious advances in treatment and everything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, often there is that gap, I think, between secondary school and then suddenly people are out there doing their thing. And, they mm -hmm. and they're expected to, 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 know. to know and to yeah. be experienced by the time yeah. they're 17 going to college. Um so over the summer, yeah. that is a transformative period. If you did not know, <laughs> that's weighted in sarcasm mm -hmm. for anyone yeah. that did not get that. So yeah, so there's definitely, you know, I think that the younger that we start talking to mm -hmm. our our little little kids, the the, I suppose yeah, the more equipped they'll be, and I mm -hmm. think the easier they'll find it to actually be able to ask questions as well, mm -hmm. to know, and to be able to talk to their parents or their carers or whoever they need to talk to, or mm -hmm. at least to know how to access reliable information. I think mm -hmm. it's so important. Mm -hmm. And that's about everything, not only sexual health. And I, I am a big advocate of trying to talk to mm -hmm. young people, younger, about their mental health and about their feelings, about their concept. Um, I don't know if I've mm -hmm. mentioned to you that I've written a children's book called My Friend Kevin. Um, no! I'm, yeah, I'm trying to illustrate My it. My Friend Kevin. I, I, I'm, it's, it's literally I've written the story. I'm just trying to illustrate it. Okay, stuff. okay. Um, but it is around the concept that a couple of years ago, I gave my mental health the name Kevin. Um, because on the days that I know, so I, I would also be claustrophobic. So on the days I'm anxious because of my claustrophobia, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But then there's the days I'm irrationally anxious for no reason. And Kevin's mm -hmm. just being a dick. Um, and okay. it removes it from me and it separates it from me. So, Great. but I am a, I would, I would say I'm quite an articulate 28 year old. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas we have young people, like kids, maybe six years of age, who know they're feeling a certain way, but don't know why. So it could be like, I'm happy because of this. I'm sad because of this. Mm -hmm. But then there's the times that they don't know how they're feeling or why. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm like, try and put a name on it. So I'm the, the whole story is about finding a name and putting a name on your feelings that you can't explain to justify it and be able to talk about, OK, um, you know, Greg is with me today or whatever the name that they pick. Um, so it's a way that they can express that I'm feeling some sort of way that I don't know how to describe how I'm feeling. Um, so that's the, the whole concept around my friend Kevin. I just have to um, illustrate that. <laughs> I think that is such a good idea because, you know, I have two five year olds that they're actually quite good at expressing themselves, but there is times where there's just something going on and they don't don't have they just don't like don't they have the language they, they don't have the language and to have I suppose yeah it is kind of for the sake of a better word putting a label no given whatever it is a name and yeah. and I suppose yeah take kind of taking ownership of it in one way mm -hmm. but also being able to hand it over going right this is what's going on because mm -hmm. I yeah, know, so when I talk to it. when I talk to teenagers about it, I definitely do the, you know, it's the ability to remove it from yourself, but also yeah, like your yeah. your mental health is the positive and the negative side of things as well. Mm -hmm, so it can be, mm -hmm. you know, if you have a good mental health at the moment, it can be what helps you get up out of the bed in the morning. If you're exactly. struggling, it could be uh, something else. So um, that's my friend, Kevin. So I, I say it's your friend because I'm like, well, it is your friend because sometimes we have friends that are good to us and friends that are bad to us but they're there with us anyway. So yeah, that's my, that's my friend, Kevin. Um, okay. But I just do think that uh, we don't talk to young people young enough about their mental health like that. We no, don't talk don't. to them young enough about their sexual health. We don't talk yeah. to them. The, 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 the themes seem to be like, eat your fruit and vegetables and get active because 
there's an obesity crisis with young people. That's kind of the the only health uh, trend that I see people talking about. Oh, and I'm like, stop. so we're shaming young people instead oh, of educating them. Rachel, the conversations I have had with the two grannies, they're sitting there and they're eating whatever. And I'm going to be so fat. Um, this is just going to make me fat. And I have actually spoken to them about just even the conversations that I was privy to. And it was all about food and food not be nourishing and healthy, just eating bad food. So it wasn't, you know, encouraged that you can mm-hmm. have this stuff as well, but, you know, have a balance. And mm-hmm. and like I have seen already like y- little, you know, my six year old or five year olds picking up stuff on that and saying, oh, that could make you. They didn't say that could make you fat, but they've actually mentioned the word as well, where I'm just mm-hmm. going that's all our bodies are different shapes and sizes this mm. is food is fabulous and so yeah 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 um and five-year-olds so, why should they um be worrying yeah. about body image exactly exactly and actually another uh, episode in this series is about body image so make it sure is. to check that one out too it's all going to be yeah all tied uh, in to each other Lorraine thank you mm. so much for joining me and having a conversation I I could literally sit here and talk to you all day um I'm just conscious that you know, you, you're a busy lady and I really appreciate and thank you for coming on the podcast and having a chat with me. Rachel, thank you so much. It was, I was so anxious. I was going, oh my goodness. So, but it was lovely. It was absolutely lovely. So we'd be delighted to be involved in anything else. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that podcast chat um, as much as I did. Next week, I will be talking to Grace O'Shea. Grace is also a sexual health educator with Sexual Health West, and we will be talking all things body image. Um, if you're interested in the kind of work that Sexual Health West do, be sure to check them out on their social media. It's at Sexual Health West on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. They probably have them all. And if you want to continue a conversation with us, you can reach out at thegreenelephant.ie on Facebook and Instagram and greenelephantmh on Twitter. Um, Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time. Address the elephant in the room. Your mental health matters.